Hey, what's good, Lubbock? This is uh, Cam and Rob. We're coming with, uh, of course, probably one of y'all's favorite sections, we hope, is Down the Prairie Dog Hole. Mm-hmm. And this time, Down in the Prairie Dog Hole, we didn't really get into nothing too woo-woo. We mainly, it, 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 but it's a very interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Ain't it, Cam? It was. It was very. Yeah. I, I liked it. But what like uh, we what we did is we sat down at the uh, Patterson Library with um, Pastor Bill Stubblefield, mm-hmm. and uh, if you don't know who that is, uh, I can't even explain. You, I ain't even gonna say nothing to you. You have to check out the segment, yeah. right? You got to check it out. <laughs> Very so, interesting. Right. So down when we went down the rabbit hole with him, what he did down when we went down the prairie dog hole with him, what he did was he actually um, hipped us. To the three ways mm-hmm. that God speaks to you. And this came from a conversation that he and I kind of had when we was doing another project. And we touched on it. And I said, oh, man, I got I to gotta hear that in depth. We don't have time right now, but can we schedule you for the show? And he said, sure. So we made it happen. So, yeah, come on down the prairie dog hole with us and check this out. The three ways that God speaks to you. Hey, what's good, Lubbock? This is Robert Jenkins, and I'm sitting here at the Patterson Branch Library with my partner in crime, Cam, and we're coming to y'all with another episode of the Southwest Digest podcast, and we have a very special guest in the, uh, I was going to say the studio, in the (laughs) library with us, and that's uh, Pastor Bill Stubblefield, and we're going to get into a real good conversation today, but before we do... um, I want Pastor Stubblefield to please introduce yourself, and I know y'all probably know know all about him, but just in case you don't, uh, you know, let's do a little quick introduction here. Sir, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, Brother Robert, first I want to say thank you and Brother Cam for having me as a guest on the, the podcast. It's an exciting uh, honor and privilege to be here. You could have chose anyone else, but I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that you had me and uh Thanks to the man behind the scenes, Brother Nate, doing his thing as well. Uh, I pastor a church called the Difference Makers Fellowship. We started, my wife and I, we co-pastor together, and we started this ministry about 13 years ago uh, in our home, and then uh, God quickly moved us out. And for about 10 years, we were located at 224 Buddy Holly, but now we're at 517 North Zenith, which is the which is formerly the George Woods Community Center a space that was occupied by StarCare uh, over the last few years, but we were blessed and honored to have the privilege to come in there. Uh, The other thing that I do, I serve the community as the vice president of the board of trustees for the Lubbock Independent School District. I'm in my second term, my eighth year of that, of those two terms, and it's been an adventure. We've been able to do some great things since I've been on the board, and I, I, I thank God for the opportunity that he has presented me over these last few years. Awesome. See, you already said something that uh, it's aside from our our real subject today. And our subject today, by the way, is it's going to be about how do you know when God is speaking to you? How does God speak to you? And that's just uh, something that Pastor Stubblefield and I was working on a project for the city of Lubbock a while back. And while we were doing the, the voiceover recording, we was just chatting and he, he mentioned some things and I mentioned some things. And then I said, oh, man, he got a lot of good stuff to talk about. So that's the main conversation is um, how do you know when God is talking to you? But when you just said right now, you just said y'all started in the, at the house and then moved to the outside. And I'm like, oh, see, that's I want to know how you do that, too. But we'll we'll say that for another <laughs> okay. time. OK, Cam, you got, you got anything for us, bro? 
Uh, I don't. I'm actually looking forward to jumping into this conversation. All right. Well, uh, shoot. Without further ado, uh, I guess we'll. I just give you the overview. I think there's three, three methods. methods. Three yes, methods. So y'all stay tuned here, man. I'm, there's three methods. Don't miss one of them because that might be the way God want to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Pastor, please enlighten us. So it was something that uh, I believe, and I want to. I want to preface this by saying this is based on my own research as a, a biblical scholar. Uh, my degree is in religious education, uh, so it's not necessarily in a in-depth study of interpretation, which is a field of theology. Um, but uh, I've had extensive classes in biblical interpretation. And the reason why I'm bringing that up in biblical interpretation, that is a precise way that we understand the Bible. When we're reading any textbook, any text, not just the biblical text, but reading any text, we as the audience or the reader, we're also an interpreter of what we're reading. Uh, the three things that exist in reading is the context, the audience, and the reader or hearer, right? Uh, so what you have to know, and when I say audience, I'm talking about the audience of the day or of the time, any particular book that you read, whether it's a historical factual book, whether it's a, a fiction book, there is an audience that the author had in mind. So you have to know what the author in, the author's intent was. Well, the reason why I bring that into play, because the Bible is authored by men, by people, by individuals, even though we believe it in faith and most of our mainline denomination faiths believe it as the inerrant, infallible word of God. Right. And so how did we get this word? Well, it was authored by men, someone began to write down the oral tradition of the Bible stories being told. And we have those today. We still have the oral traditions of storytelling. When we go talk to grandmothers or great grandmothers, big mamas and pawpaws, they begin to tell you stories of their life, right? I think we've done a disservice. And I say this to uh, brother TJ Jr., brother Thomas and uh, sister Sheila, uh, here a few, uh, few months ago, I told them, I said, please forgive me. I've done a disservice. I didn't sit at your, the feet of your father long enough and jot down the information that he was saying. I've got a great friend who's like a second father to me, brother Johnny Daly. And, uh, that Daly family, family is so meticulous on their genealogy. Mm. Uh, they've traced their genealogy back for, I think, 123 years or so. Mm to the very, very individual that the, the name of the slave ship mm. and the individual who is the patriarch of their family. Right. And, uh, and, it, and they hail from uh, Arkansas. And so they've got land ownership in Arkansas that is tied into the state government that they are direct beneficiaries of. Mm. So that information though was captured by the folks who began to tell, well, Johnny had Kevin and Kevin had so mm -hmm. on and so mm -hmm. forth, mm -hmm. right? Back in, in the day. Mm -hmm. And so they started writing it down and keeping it because it's recorded history, which is evident in the Bible itself within the New Testament, particularly mm -hmm. in the book of Matthew. Matthew, as, a, as an author of the biblical text, he records the genealogy of Jesus Christ all the way back to Adam mm -hmm. from the garden, all the way down to Mary and Joseph. Right. But he could not have done that without accurate record keeping. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of us as readers of the Bible don't understand that those people at that time are actually using recorded documents. Yeah. Okay. To do their penmanship and to tell their story. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a law that exists within biblical interpretation called the law of first mention or the law of first priority. Mm -hmm. Right. That says that simply states that the first time anything is introduced in the Bible, mentioned first in the Bible, or placed at the top of the list in the Bible, everything that follows it is part of the qualities and characters of that which first preceded it. Got it. Okay? So when we look in the Genesis account, the creation account is what we call it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep and the spirit of the Lord moved over the darkness. And God said, so in the third action of God, he is speaking. Mm -hmm. So one of the first mentioned quality characters of God is that he is a communicator. Okay. Communication, 75%. Of communication is without words okay so we get two other characters and qualities of how god communicates is through creating and moving right then he speaks and so in the speaking of god since it's one of the first things that he does god then i i teach this that god is always speaking now, the Bible even specifically states that there was no word from God in the days and in the times where there was no word from God that the people sought, you know, we sought after the word. Well, the word in that time came from the prophets in, in particularly in the prophet Amos. He states that, well, people are going to seek the word of God, but because of their disobedience and their rebellious spirit, they won't find it. So if you interpret that, it basically says, which we will all understand it's not that God is not speaking. It's people are not listening because they're not hearing what they want to hear. Mm. Does that make sense? Right. So when we don't <laughs> when we don't hear what we want to hear, we tend you to You ain't not talking listen. about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and we and we want to believe what pleases our ears. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's not that God was not speaking. People just were not listening, and thus they were disobedient. Mm. Because disobedience comes when we, you refuse to follow the instructions that you've been given. Well, the instructions are going to come how? Through communication. Mm -hmm. So God spoke. So that's, that's laying the foundation of these three ways that we understand his voice. We have to understand that he is always speaking. There is not a time where God is not communicating to us. There, that time does not exist. Okay. So in the first mentioned moments in the first moment we have what we call the bible because of those stories that were told over time about how god spoke in the moment and in that moment and in that time god used men used people to write down the events and the things that he put in their spirit right so the first way that we know that God is communicating to us, the primary way is through other individuals, through other individuals. That's how we have the Bible. That's how we have those guys that we call the authors of the biblical text. So 
God will give through his spirit an unction, motivation for that individual to say something, to write something down, to do something. So we always hear through other individuals first in the in Romans. How can you hear without a preacher? Hmm. Right. And God ordains preachers and pastors after his own heart. Hmm. He totally there's this thing that most of us agree with across the mainline denominational faith that is simply known as the call, hmm. right. the call. OK, that's where we it vocation is a calling. And, you know, that's literally in the original language what that word means, vocare, to call out, right? So the call is that thing that's on your life. Avocation is the job that you do associated with that call that's on your life. So you have the vocation, the call, and the avocation, the assignment attached to the call. So every man and woman of God uh, testifies that they had this inner thing happening within them that is known as the call. And so those that God called in scripture, he also qualified. So you don't have to be qualified because God qualifies you. Exactly. Amen. You don't have to qualify yourself to be called. God qualifies who he calls. Right. And so we get the word that comes through the voice of other individuals. And I and I submit to 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 those to the audience, to those that are listening and to each of us here he usually speaks in threes. I found that in my own experience. So I teach this. When you've heard something, the same thing three or more times from three or more different individuals, I readily submit to you, I believe that God is speaking to you to give you instruction. Wow. And of course, that sounds like an echo of the uh, Holy Trinity too. Wow. Yes. Yes, yes, because he is a triune agape God. Mm -hmm. So he speaks <clears throat> through he himself as right. the Godhead, uh -huh. through his spirit, what is now by the Christian faith, Christ in us, right? And then through the, the actions of Christ, his son, right? So when we hear the voice of the Lord, the scriptures say, in that moment, the day you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Don't become obstinate. Don't turn it off or put me on mute. Receive the word of God. Most of the times disobedience occurs because we don't comprehend what God is saying. Mm -hmm. But comprehension is not a prerequisite for cooperation. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So in other words, uh, you may not understand what you're being told to do, but you're supposed to just do it, be obedient and do it. And that may be revealed to you on down the road. It might not be revealed to you down the road, but just do it. Absolutely. It's as simple as we've all, I think we've all had this. The tendency is that we've had this experience. When we were children, mama said, don't touch that stove. Why? It's hot. Mm -hmm. But when we did not know what heat or hot was, we didn't have an experience associated to foundationalize our understanding. Mm -hmm. But Mama was telling us for our benefit, not for us to be restricted or not permitted to grow or mature, but actually it was for our maturity and our growth. So when we got told as, as babies, as toddler, get back, that's hot, that's hot, that's hot. We didn't know what hot was until we actually touched it and got burnt. 
You see what I'm saying? Then we realized it was ingrained in our under, oh, that's what mama means by don't touch this, it's hot. Right. You know, and one of the biggest things, you know, associated, one of the biggest images associated with an oven or stove is heat, mm -hmm. right? As well as cooking and food. Right. But we understand that that was for our benefit, mm -hmm. not for our punishment. Right. Just don't touch it. So we didn't have to necessarily have an understanding. But the word does say, well, in all I get and get an understanding. Mm -hmm. So some of the times, and that sort of leads into the second way, or the, actually the third way that God speaks to us, is through uh, situations and circumstances, actual events. Mm -hmm. So I'll push back and go to the second way. So just to make clear, God, the first way that he speaks to us is through other individuals. And usually those, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an individual of faith. Because mm -hmm. God can use who he Anybody, yeah. pleases to right. use. But you can hear from a hustler on the corner. You can hear from just uh, a person that you have a stranger. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, not to cut you off, Pastor, Go but it, it says that in Scripture. Yes. You be careful when you entertain people because it may be, it, it could be an angel. Absolutely. And we we don't know. And it's, it's deep. But it, keep it, going. It's like deep. I say, it's I deep. You know, you yeah. don't know Intrigue. who God is using. Yes, yeah. sir. But the scriptures also tells us that everything was created by him, through him, for him. So everybody has a divine purpose, whether they know it or not. Hmm. Everyone does because everyone is a piece of the puzzle of somebody else's life. You know what I'm saying? There is a, the, I, 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 the phenomenon that we that's been made into a movie is the butterfly effect. You know, so I don't know if you know the the principle of the butterfly effect. Right, right. Supposedly a butterfly in China somewhere can flap his wings, <laughs> and eventually the way it interacts mm -hmm. with the physicality of the world that that could end up being a tsunami in in you know in yes. America yeah, or something. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but it's, we're all tied together. You right, know, right. Uh, six degrees of separation. separation. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So nonetheless, he speaks to us primarily through other individuals because we are the greatest and highest expression of his creation. Why? Because he specifically said, I made mankind in my image and in my likeness. So we are considered to be the highest expression of his creation. So with that being said, that's why he chooses us to use his voice to speak through us. He speaks one prayer that I pray all the time before I deliver a message is Lord speak to me, speak through me. Speak with me, speak for me, right? Because I have to understand that, and I and I believe every minister does this, that there is a time in the proclamation that you have surrendered to the spirit of the Lord himself. Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily you that's speaking, right. but it's the spirit of the Lord speaking through you, mm -hmm. to you and through you, right? Yes, sir. You know what, um, not to cut you off, but when you say that, that's something that I have experienced uh, as a poet, and also uh, just other times when I have spoken some words aloud, I, I noticed that there is sometimes when I'm writing a poem, my best poetry, mm. I can definitely tell it ain't me writing it. Cause I have sat down before and you don't know what you're finna write. You just, I just have a funny feeling like, oh, I, I, I gotta write something. And I get a piece of paper and write it down. And what I was thinking in my mind, the way that poem comes out, it ain't nothing like what I thought I was gonna write. Absolutely. And I didn't remember writing it and I don't know why I wrote it. And I was I always ask myself, man, where where does that come from? Is that is that my 
my uh, subconscious? Is that God speaking through me? Is that what is that? Is that is it an ancestor? It's a little bit of both of all. I think all of that. It's, Absolutely, it's, it is, and yeah. it's and it's what I'm like. I say, man, I'm intrigued to hear you keep going because it's it's like lighting so many light bulbs of past things in life, and it's it's like putting a spotlight on it, and it's like clarifying something like, oh. Ooh, I have heard mm-hmm. some three times mm-hmm. from three different people that yeah. told me that. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. It, it seems wow. deep because even the scriptures say deep calls unto deep. Mm. Right? That means the, the breadth, the depth, the width of who we are mm-hmm. cries out that, that our very existence is beyond our own comprehension. Right. I mean, man, it's miraculous if we ever really think about it that our bodies have the ability to regenerate cells. The process is slow, but it is phenomenal. Just even, I mentioned earlier that uh, my daughter is expecting her their first child, her and her husband. And it is just amazing. So she's been tracking the growth of the child from within the room, right? And so she's got this app, it's an app for everything nowadays, <laughs> but it tells her how size, the size how big the baby is right now. And so I remember she said, I think it was at six weeks. And uh, she said that the baby is the size of a pea, mm. of a pea, you know? That's and so that's, that's that's why I started calling her baby, whatever the baby is gonna be, sweet pea. Sweet pea. You know, uh, but nonetheless, just to think that from a pea, that child shall be. Mm-hmm. From something that small, right, that becomes a human being with bones and organs and all of that. And then to think that it grows inside of another human being. Mm-hmm. So that's really not unlike what God said. I made you in my image and in my likeness. Now, if you look at it within the original language, it could be interpreted. I made you within my image hmm. and within my likeness. That's a that's a bit a, di- a bit different there. That's it, not it the is. same thing. It is. But when we think about childbirth, uh-huh. the child is made within the mother, within her image and within her likeness. Hmm. You 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 follow me? And then children have features like their parents. You know, so it's it's not far off how God is speaking all the time. Remember, communication is 75% nonverbal, without words. So that means through head nods, through eye looks and mm-hmm. eyebrow raises mm-hmm. or motions and hands and mm-hmm. legs crossing, kind of, those yeah. kind of things, they're always communicating. They're always communicating. I know just by studying communication, that the way that you all are looking at me right now, you're in what's known as the receiving position. I know, mm-hmm. and I know sometimes they say this posture is kind of like- The closed but, position. This, me, this is like a, okay, mm-hmm, I'm tuned in posture, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? But then it's funny you just said it, because as I did it, I thought about it, and that's why I kind of released and put my- yeah. Released and put my arms down, because I was like, I don't want, I was when you start saying- the, <laughs> yeah. The body language and all mm-hmm. that, I was like, well, hold on, let me not yeah, just sit in this party. Okay. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's that's what it does. You know, you 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 pick up on those cues when you when you study it, right? Mm-hmm. But so so he communicates through other people, 
Yes. Oftentimes in messages of three, uh, repetitions of three. Yes. Sir. And then what's the second one again? That's and the second one is through nature. Through nature. Right. So what did he do in the beginning? Created the heavens and the earth. Also within scripture, it says that all of the creation of God testifies that he is. Yeah. That he exists. Right. Right. I I like to play play golf. Sometimes I play at playing golf. You know, I used to be real good, but when we when we started the ministry, golf game went forty south. You know, but I'm trying to get because uh, some some guys invited me back out, and uh, and then the wife said that that was okay. That you got to make sure you get permission, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, when I am on the golf course, and I was telling the brother this yesterday, when I am on the golf course. I cannot but stand in awe of God because it has been stated that the golf course aesthetics, architecture, and design is some of the most beautiful scenery on the planet. Mm. You know, when you go to golf courses and there is this serenity, there is this peace that, that comes from just being in nature. Uh, if you've ever been out on the ocean, you realize how insignificant you actually are. Yep. Right. And on a, especially on a dark night filled with stars mm -hmm. in a full moon. Yeah. You you just cannot but help like be amazed. I just don't believe that individuals, now this is my own personal belief, but those that have been on the seas, that they when on a dark, starry, star filled night. Right. You just have this moment like, wow. And you feel how insignificant you right. actually are. Right. right. It seems like you were going to comment on that, brother. Right? No, well, I, I wasn't, but uh, I did have the thought that um, here on the plains is is very similar very. to being on the open seas. I know we had people, you know, dog on, on love looking the surrounding areas because it's flat. But I think that's one of the things that I like about the area is I get that same feeling when you when you can stand somewhere and look and as far as you can see, you can see. That right there tells you that, wow, who who made this? Yeah. Wow, somebody made this. And and it's not the ocean, but it has its own beauty. So that's that's kind of what my thought was on that. You know, Absolutely. You you can go right down to May Simmons yeah. and get out on, on, on one of the docks and mm -hmm. fishing and you just like Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. I, I I don't know, Pastor, because I, I take it differently. May Simmons and being on a cruise ship at night under the stars in the darkness of the I, at first I was in awe and then I started kind of getting, <laughs> getting scared a little right, bit because right. I was just like, you know, I've seen too many movies, first yeah, of all. Yeah, yeah. So, my, so my mind started running in every direction, yeah. you know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and at first I was kind of like, like you say, you, you can just see everything, like the, the waves, the water, things going on. And then you kind of like, like you said, everything starts smiling, yeah, getting smaller yeah. and it's like, man, it's, yeah. you know, like, just a speck of dust or something mm -hmm. in, the, in the big scheme of this, man. And it's kind of like then at the same time, we can have so much impact though. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. Nice. years ago right. when, uh, when, when my daughter was a little girl, I think she was about two and we was on a, we was down at Galveston and we was on a, uh, on that barge down there. Mm -hmm. that takes you across, you're about. Yeah. It takes you across the water. And uh, talking about that sense of awe, I had I had done that many times, and I'd like to do it when I was in college. So when I, you know, had my family, I took them to do it, and uh, had Shanti sitting on my shoulder or something, looking out, 
and just being two, she expressed, you know, from the mouth of babes. Yes. She literally said, wow. Just looking at that open expanse of water. And that's just the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Which down by Galveston ain't, <laughs> I, ain't gonna, I ain't even going to call that a beach. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a shoreline. But oh, yeah. it's still beautiful, though. It is. It is. It definitely makes you feel yeah. insignificant. And it definitely makes you contemplate, must be somebody else out there. Yes. Doing this. And each of these moments that I'm, uh, or each of these characterizations of the, the voice of God, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm basing them on personal experience. Right. So I was, as a child, I was told that I, I was going to preach. And then I was told by other preachers, some that have gone on to be with the Lord, that my grandfather said that one, either me or my two brothers was going to preach, you know? So you start hearing these words and of right. course, you know, I, I am no preacher, right. you know, that kind of thing. You never really had that desire. I, I was blessed to get a full scholarship to Wayland, Wayland Baptist University, uh, ministerial uh, scholarship. And one of the things that I had to do in order to get the scholarship, I had to write an essay. And speaking of which, when you were talking about writing poems, journaling, creative writing or journaling, right. is one of the spiritual disciplines. Huh. It's considered to be one of the spiritual disciplines. Mm. Interesting. And it's also very therapeutic. Yes, mm. it is. It is. So I had to write an essay and it was, the title was, How Do You Know You Have Been Called? Well, I was like, Cause I, I know, you know, at first you're so hard headed, you know, I know I've been called that kind of thing right there. But when you go to uh, 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 higher education, you have to, you know, give some type of credentialization of mm. some understanding where you know that God is working in your life. Right. So having never done this before, it took me a while to get started. Mm -hmm. And I think I sort of started in the middle of it and then Man, the Lord started moving, and I did not really understand that I was I was being called at an early age. But he sent a couple of my friends, one of my best friends who uh, was in the military, uh, a, a brother named Alvin White. I never knew he that he and I had gone to the same elementary school, huh. and so. And uh, I, I don't share this much, but I'll share it here. I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of this. But when I was 10 years old, I, I broke my left hip. Mm -hmm. And I broke it in the ball and socket joint. It was a very unique, weird break. Uh, and fast forward, it stunted the growth in my left, left leg. Mm -hmm. So to compensate for the differential, the bone extension surgery back then was, was not a thing. So from 10 years old, five years later, I'm 15. I want to play, I'm playing ball at Estacado. And so the doctor said, I need to help you run a little bit better or whatnot. So they go into my right femur at 15 years old. So I broke my left hip. They go into my right femur and take out four and a half inches. Wow. That was the difference. It was, oh, it, yeah, it was my projected growth differential, right? So I, people don't know, but- So you're supposed to be four inches taller. Yes, mm. yes. 
And so me, you know, I, you know, a lot of my brothers, you know, mm -hmm. growing up, homies and stuff like that, be like, man, you got some long arms, and some oh, big yeah, feet, yeah. And big hands, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And you short, you stubby. Yeah, your name fit you. Yeah. But they don't. Then I had to tell them, you know, no. Nah, well, see, I'm, I'm already shorter. mad now because you taller than me, and you are, and you had four inches removed. Yeah, yeah. come on, yeah. man. Everybody, yeah. everybody taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 a, it's a thing, right? You know, and. Uh, it can be devastating, you know, but uh, rather than letting it be devastating, I chose to let it be divine mm. because I knew God was working in there some kind of way. So uh, Alvin brings me a picture that he had of, uh, or, or no, I'm sorry, I'm messing that one up. He told me a story mm. about a kid at his elementary school. Oh, yeah. That it seemed like the whole school united around this kid that had an accident. Mm. And he said, man, I could remember the whole school was in mourning. And I was like, man, you know, so I'm listening to this story, you know, and I'm like, okay, man, talk to me about it. He said, well, Bill, you were the kid. It's like, man, you didn't even go to my elementary. He said, man, I did, I did. And I remember the accident that you had when you broke your hip. And everybody in the entire school was devastated. And I was like, what? And so I had never heard this. He said, yeah, man, it was on announcement. I wouldn't hear it because I'm in the hospital. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was at the end of school. It was uh, May 10th, May, yeah, May 10th of 1980. And so I'm the next day we having play day. You know, mm -hmm. that used to be the thing. Yeah, sure elementary. Yeah, sure and the was. only thing I asked the doctor was, Am I gonna be out tomorrow for play day? And I ended up being in the hospital my whole summer. Wow. You know, because yeah. I was in traction for like six weeks, mm. you know, with that thing and had a, a body cast on for mm. two months. Mm. You know, it, it was it was crazy. Man. But he remembered it. He remembered, uh, and I knew that he was talking when, you know, he was talking about me because the entire school sent uh cards and mm. My 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 particular class showed up and they all signed my cast and oh, all that yeah. kind of mm -hmm. stuff and everything like that. But I had no idea that Alan was at the school because that's when busing was a thing. Uh -huh. And um, because of the accident, I missed that bus year, off year. And I was there the same time he was, but I didn't know who he was. Mm. Then another, another occurrence was while I was at Wayland, one of the girls, who I was in class with, who was bussed from Stubbs Elementary School. Her name is Jennifer. I'm I'm forgetting her. Her maiden name was Hickman. Forget her uh, last name, her married name now. While I'm in the halls of Wayland, she recognizes me, runs down and just say, Bill, how are you doing? So on and so forth. And she pulls out a picture of us in sixth grade. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, who keeps sixth grade right, pictures right. in their purse? But here's the thing. She said, I knew at some point in my life I was going to see you again. Hmm. Now, that just gives me chills every time I think about this. Right. And so she was keeping it specifically for an encounter. Oh, wow. To, for me to help uh, huh. rekindle your me memory to say why well, I don't remember you, you, oh, you know what so, I do uh. so did she say what why you made such an impression on, on her 
the the same thing that you know it was just like i remember when and it was the whole thing i remember when you had your accident oh yeah how how just you always was such a happy kid and so smart and everything like that and you just had a big impact on our class hmm. and you know but here now i'm in my uh in my 30s i'm going to school at wayland i never i, I never thought about jennifer mm -hmm. and what are the odds that I'm walking down the hall and I hear somebody yell my name in in the same campus? Right. And she comes running down the hall, and the thing that she wants to do is give me this picture, and she's kept it for a meeting that she had faith would happen. Hmm. I never planned to go to Wayland. Right. You know, my desire coming out of high school actually was to go to either A&M or UT for aerospace engineering, mm -hmm. you know, but the, the, the old mother say, if, if you ever want to make God laugh, plan your life out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you make your own life plan, mm -hmm. you know? So nonetheless, she just, it's like, I don't know where like, how, how, this is just that moment where you know how God had orchestrated this encounter. Mm -hmm for years right and she had faith to believe that this would happen mm -hmm. looked like god had already told her in other words she got absolutely clearly he spoke to her about it you know i, I believe so mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and then in the picture it's so funny i'm in the very center of the picture huh. and all of these people are around me right and it just blew my mind mm -hmm. because i then show this picture to alvin mm -hmm. And Alvin is like, man, don't you see what God is doing? Mm -hmm. All the the different, now the different men and women that are surrounding you, the different ethnicities and backgrounds yeah, yeah. and races, and he's placed you right in the middle of it. Right. And they all united around an event that happened in your life. Huh. And so I'm just blown away. Mm. So I'm using these moments to talk about how do I know I've been called, right? Mm -hmm. In 2015, I'm not, I'm not 2015. Uh, in 2005, one a devastating event happens that we know as Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. At that particular time, my wife and I were out on a cruise ship celebrating our 10th anniversary, and we're in the Caribbean. Well, we get a call over the admiral speaks over the PA and says, we're not going to be able to go to the next port because of mm -hmm. the hurricane has made landfall. Right. So it didn't impact us at all as far as turbulence or anything like that. The mm -hmm. whole cruise was calm. But what it did, it turned our seven day into a 10 day and mm -hmm. gave us an additional port of call right. in Ultra Rios, Jamaica. This is significant because for me, I had what is known in the world of theology as a theophany. Oh, right. Revelation okay. of God in your life. Is that where he himself manifest himself? Huh. Okay. So in the moment where say Abraham uh, meets the angel of the Lord. Right. Right. And it's three friends. Mm-hmm the three and they all are God. 
in the story, in the Genesis account. And they all speak with the voice of God. So the, the definition of a the, theophany is an appearance of the Godhead in your life in some shape, form, or fashion, right? So I'm on the promenade deck at that particular time. We're about to uh, uh, weigh anchor, pull anchor, and head back out to sea, leave the port, right? Mm-hmm. So I told my wife, I'm going to go up and just watch them untie the ship because that's, you know. It's fascinating. It, it, it is, those huge ropes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. You see them pulling them off, and then they're pulling up the anchors and all that kind of stuff. And while we're doing this, uh, it is crystal. And if you've ever been to Jamaica and the mm-hmm. Caribbean, the yeah. seas are crystal. So I understand what you call it Galveston. Yeah. <laughs> sea, you know, uh, uh, a shoreline or whatever. Right, right. You know, you get out, out there in the Caribbean, the water is crystal blue. And you are just blown away at how blue it is. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like you can see uh, uh, the, the seabed, right? and the marine life and everything like that. So it's crystal blue and they're they're heading out. And then out of nowhere, it's like these storm clouds. They come in and they like come in oh, fast, right, right. Yeah. but they come in rolling over Blue Mountain, Jamaica. That's mm-hmm. the mountain in Jamaica, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm watching this and then out of nowhere, rain begins to fall. Now, understand, this is what I believe I saw and experienced, right? Rain begins to fall with no clouds in the sky yep. over the boat or over the ocean. There are clouds over the mountain, but now we're out at sea. You know, we're we're moving away from the island. And then it's like, the raindrops stop and they're just suspended in midair. So much so that I could take one and hold it. If you've ever seen uh, Now You See Me, the movie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the second one, mm-hmm. the the magicians in there, there's one guy who makes the rain stop. Right. Right. And so anyway, it's, it's that type of moment for me. And now I'm 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 just tripping, and I think you know, and I I literally I remember this distinctly. I stopped a couple, and on and on a cruise ship, it's so many different nationalities, and this couple was passing by, and I just grabbed like, do y'all see this rain? This rain, and they like that way, and you know, it's crazy American. He, he come from Jamaica, you know, he's had some that kind of thing, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Jamaica's finest. Yeah. And and I'm just like, man, you know, people are just walking past me and looking at me. They're really tripping out. And then the cloud that's over the mountain, it just descends like it's almost like it's smoke. Mm. And it comes down fast and it forms a hand. Mm. And right across where the wrist would be is a rainbow. Oh wow. Yeah. And I hear the voice of God said, because I'm not preaching at this time. I hear the voice of God say, I've called you to move mountains and you're not doing it. I need you to do what I've called you to do. So when it was, it came like it was as if the mountain was now a pear and it was just pulling and it was going to pluck it. Because there's a scripture that says, 
if you have faith the size of a mustard seed yeah, yeah, we'll and yeah. believe and don't doubt, you can speak to this mountain yeah, and it will be removed and cast into the sea. Mm-hmm. And Jimi Hendrix said he could stand up next to a mountain and chop it down with the edge of his hand. I don't know if that's the same thing. but I- well, Hey, but hey, I can't speak to his faith, you know, Jimi Hendrix's faith. Now, yeah. You know, Jimi Hendrix was from Jamaica. He was oh, on some stuff. Right, he was, he was definitely right. on something. You yeah. know, or not Jimi Hendrix. I was thinking of Bob Martin. Oh, right, right. But yeah, but nonetheless, it was just that moment. And man, I just started crying. Mm. I mean, I was I was on the deck. I was kneeling down, praying, and everything, and just mm. and literally, people were looking at me like, "Man, this dude, it's something, something wrong with." Him. Yeah. And so I went back to the cabin, and I told my wife, "Man," and I just fell in her, you know, mm-hmm. in her arms, and just told her, "Hey, I, mm. the Lord is telling me I need to get to work." Right. So He spoke straight up through nature at that point. Yep. Raindrops stopping in the air. Yep. So that's through other people, through nature, and then what's that third one? The third one is through events, circumstances, or situations. Mm. You know, uh, events. So biblically, uh, the 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 creation account is an event in and of itself. Mm. The, the the cruise is an event. The the hurricane is an event. Mm-hmm. You know, in Proverbs 10, 25, it says, when the storm comes, the wicked stuff is washed away but the righteous things remain a, remain a firm foundation mm-hmm. you know i'm mm-hmm. sort of paraphrasing right. a couple of different right. versions of translations and so storms are events okay situations circumstances uh a promotion on your job uh, uh an idea a start of something different you know God is always speaking in those moments. The flood in and of itself in the Bible mm-hmm. is an event. God was speaking. He said, this is a baptism. I'm clean. I'm cleansing the earth, right? Uh, the blackout in Texas, mm-hmm. right? The whole state frozen over. Mm-hmm. Believe that that was a moment where God was speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things. So events and circumstances, me breaking my hip. Right. So when... I asked God, why did that happen in my own prayer time? Mm -hmm. And he said, he said, I mean, I heard this clearly. It was like, you were going to be too big for me to use. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, because you would depend on your own strength and not me. Hmm. You would declare that you made you and that the things that happened in your life, you did that. Right. But I needed you to be humble. And I was like, well, you know, you didn't have to cut me down the size. <laughs> right. And he said, you needed to be cut down the size. Interesting. You know, so that event, you know, right. it was, right. he can't, the Bible states it like this. He makes all things work together for the good of those who love him. This is true. Yeah. So then Paul says it, what will separate us from the love of God? And he lists all of these occurrences of these events, mm-hmm. right? So those moments, events that happen in our life, when we are prayerful and seeking God on them, he'll, he'll speak to them. You know what? Um, years ago, i tell y'all a story about something that happened to me when um, God spoke to me one time. And, and this is, man, this was in 1996 or something like that. And I had just joined the Air Force. I was out in Monterey, California, and at the time, I was dating a young lady, and we we were engaged. We got engaged, and unfortunately, 
everybody in the military already knows don't don't make big big life moves while you're in basic training in tech school. Mm -hmm. But here I was in tech school trying to get engaged to this young lady. And we had known each other in college. I went to uh, Wiley College over in Marshall, Texas. Mm -hmm. So uh, I met her down there. She joined the Army. I joined the Air Force about a year later. Uh, then we got together, got engaged. So long story short, that tech school romance, of course, was not working out. It was it was horrific. It was really weighing down heavily on my life when we was going through some turbulence and some problems. And I'm not even ashamed to say I was at a bar in Monterey, no, Seaside, California, right next to Monterey. And just, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and I'm drinking, sitting there with a beer, upset. There's a tear in my beer, you know, that old. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, man, she's heavy on my mind. We just ain't, it ain't working out like I thought it would. And one of the things that I notice is the Lord always seems to speak to me through homeless people or vagabonds or hobos, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. People that you normally won't give the time of day to or might not be inclined to give the time of day to. Always, when I, whenever I'm having some issues when I was younger, it would be a person like that that would come and would already know the issue and would tell me something that would be like, how do you know that? Why are you telling me that? How? Why? So I'm sitting in this bar and... Um, Oak Tree Lounge. It ain't even there no more because I went back years later. Anyway, sitting in this bar, drowning my sorrows, and um, a lady comes in off the street. Now, keep in mind, it's early afternoon. It ain't really nobody in the bar. It's me, maybe a dude right there, the bartender, and then she comes in. And when I looked at her, I said, ah. I just knew. I said, man, she going to sit right next to me. I just knew it. Somebody there. So anyway, um, I'm gonna wrap it up. We I look like I scheduled my guests a little too closely, and the conversation was real interesting. But anyway, she came up to me. She sure enough sat next to me. I was like, oh, here we go. And she reached over and she reached in her bag. She had a bunch, of, you know, bag lady type of situation. She pulled out a book and she was tapping on it. Look, look at this book. Look. She didn't say nothing. She was just tapping on it. She was like, and I got the book and looked and it said, "Do you need to hear a word from God? Hmm. If you do." Just ask, and he will. I'm paraphrasing, but if you do, just ask and, and intently believe that you will get an answer, and you will. Yeah. And I was like, really? Okay. I said, well, you know what? What have I, what have I got to lose? I'm gonna do it. So I said, I said, God, can me and this young lady? Can we make it? Are we gonna make it? I mean, can we make it? Mm -hmm. And I said, I was believing. I'm gonna get an answer. And I gave her the book back, and she went on in the back in the bathroom somewhere. I didn't see what she did, and um. She went in there and did something, and then I went in there later. She wasn't there. I didn't see how she left. I'm sure she just walked out, but I didn't notice her leave. So I'm sitting there. I was like, see, here we go. I, all right. Well, just as I was about to kind of dismiss the whole episode, man, the jukebox came on. Nobody put no money in it. I don't know how it came on exactly, but it came on. It was sliding the Family Stone, and the first – it was some song I'd never heard by him. He said, uh, however it starts off, you know, the little music, dun, dun, dun. and then he just launched in, you can make it if you try. <laughs> and I missed it at first for a few seconds. I was just like, he said, you can make it if you try. I just yeah. asked him, can me and old girl, are we? can we make it? And he literally said, you can make it if you try. Now, I didn't get married to that chick, so... I don't think we tried hard enough, but <laughs> that right there was a perfect illustration that, yeah, God does speak to you. And and, and that's interesting, uh, just to 
kind of piggyback on the conversation what you say man that's it's powerful that's why i like uh men of the sorry men mm -hmm. of the of faith and i i listen so intently because to say it was things that happened and you just were moving too fast in life to even know mm -hmm. it was right he was trying to get your attention like hey right here man hey and like you say man i'm you so caught up in emotion or whatever's going on in your life at that time man you don't even pick your head up man to see the golden road is right there you kind of yeah. kicking rocks over mm -hmm. here and can and it's like man i can think of a lot of times in life where people have have told me things like what you're saying is going through my head of the different people at different times saying the exact same thing and i'm just kind of like eh, like how you saying like eh, okay and but i've always had faith man I've, and and even in 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 times of life of hardship or like you say trying to plan and things not going according to plan what in in my life and my understanding what i've come to realize is that by putting the most high first in everything you do then that way when you plan your plans go according to plan because they are a part of his plan and, and it's, mm -hmm. it was a part of understanding in life how to stop stop bro you you you're in control but you're not in control you know what i mean like you in control of the vessel but it's orders coming down yeah. from from <laughs> from on top man yeah. it's telling you where to go right just slow down right and, and and proceed as like they say if if he if he has plans for our life that are already why not proceed in faith in in the, the journey that he has set for us and plan that he's prepared yeah and yeah. I, I yield to you yeah. gentlemen indeed <laughs> gentlemen uh this is an awesome conversation I hate to cut it short but we we have our next guest on tap yeah hopefully you will be back with yes, us sir. Pastor Stubblefield if man. I get the invitation yes, you sir. already got the invitation yeah, we just got to work out the time because exactly. we got to I feel like we got to finish <laughs> this discussion but also we got some other things that we're going to get absolutely into. yes sir absolutely Indeed, again so. I thank y'all for having me and it's an honor and a privilege and I pray much success yes sir uh, thank you uh, for for and if I know you're getting ready to close out, but could we just close out with a quick prayer? Definitely. So, you know, definitely. So, Lord, we just want to glorify you and magnify you for this time and this space and this opportunity. I pray that the seed of this podcast will bud, blossom and produce much fruit, that you would open many doors of opportunity for Brother Robert and for Brother Cameron, Lord, in what they have put forth as an endeavor to do to honor the memory and the legacy of Brother T.J. Patterson Lord, with the Southwest Digest podcast. May they tell great stories. May they have great guests. And above all, may their listeners be intrigued, engaged, involved, and inspired to become better. We pray for those listeners right now, Lord God. We pray that somebody who might be listening, who might be feeling ill, who might not be at their best right now, we pray that something has been said that inspired them, that they know now that you are speaking to them and that they hear you and that their faith is increased and their joy overflowing. So we'll be careful and quick to give you the glory, the honor and the praise in the mighty name of Christ Jesus, we pray, amen. 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 Yes, sir. And amen. I think that's a perfect way to close it out. Yes, sir.